welcome to the Five Side Podcast. It's been three weeks, two weeks, I don't know, Billy. Dead. Don't know. Uh, um, a while. A while, yep. And that was the voice of Billy Kirkpatrick, and also with me is Ross Stewart. Good evening. Oh, well, it has been a while. Lots has happened. Um, yeah. <laughs> where to start? Honestly, where to start? Uh, we'll dive into the last predictions we did. Um, fairly close. Matt coming out on top in that one, 16 points. Uh, clawing his way. Still in the bottom, but closer. Um, fairly solid performance from everyone. I mean, Billy and nine with the lowest. So everyone had everyone had a fairly okay. Everyone got one correct score in that. Um, also, we left you just before Rangers played Bronby at home. Since then, Rangers have been away to Bronby and Celtic have been away to Ferencváros. Uh, Rangers didn't win that game, did they? The away one. Uh, no, they did not. No. Enough said. Um, they need need they need, they need a result against Sparta. It, it was the sort of game where they had a couple of chances, but nothing sort of uh, cutthroat. Um, um. Yeah, Celtic won away to Ferenc Faros. I think it was three two or something. That was only like last week, but it still feels like it was so long ago. I mean, so much has happened since. I know. Um, well, we'll we'll jump to the the news um, that we received of the passing of Walter Smith. Um, obviously, a, a Scottish football icon for everyone, and uh, I believe Jure was up up at Ibrox last week um, for the funeral procession. I, I was um, obviously. As frequent listeners know how much um, of a of a Rangers fan I am, and it, w- it was a really nice touch. Um, obviously, growing up, Walter Smith was one of my heroes. Um, I was meant to be seeing him at the end of March. I'm just sad that he's gone, but um, obviously we don't know the circumstances. Obviously, we can only speculate, but if he was in pain at all, I hope he's no longer in pain. Um yeah. Well, I think it was it was pretty clear to to most people that he was that was announced he was he was unwell obviously and he he wasn't looking too um too pretty. He didn't look great in recent, when he was in up re, at in recent photographs, yeah, for the charity event. Yep, um, it's a shame, a massive loss for the whole Scottish football, really. Any, any words, Billy, for Walter? Yeah, I think it's just sad. I think it's just a testament to the man and the character he was and how well-liked he was across both sides of Glasgow and uh, in wider Scottish football. I think it just goes to the, the kind of testament of the character of the man. And I, I think when you know you heard the tributes, saw the tributes, I think nobody, nobody really had a bad word to say and everybody did the same thing to say, you know, a football man, a family man and... You know, all in all, it's a really, you know, deep and hurting loss for Scottish football, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think ninety percent of people were 
very respectful um, when the news broke. Um, we'll we'll move on from that. Don't wanna don't wanna dwell on on uh, dark news so so long. What has happened? Well, we'll we'll just go we'll go recent. So it's international break. Um, paint the picture for you. Aston Villa sack their uh, long running manager, Dean Smith, and Stephen Gerrard's name pops up in the speculation as for who's going to take over the job. Um, when this happened, he was asked uh, about the speculation of, of him being linked to other jobs and uh, I think he replied, do I look happy? Do I look settled? Don't ask silly questions. Um, and not much longer, uh, long after that even, is uh, he, has, he has out the door in Ibrox. He has went to Aston Villa and filled their vacant manager position, or head coach, he's been announced as. And um, Rangers and Rangers fans are left with gaping wounds uh, and massive holes in the living rooms of where they've had to get rid of their Stephen Gerrard cutouts. Jura, are you heartbroken? Um, yeah, yes and no. Um, obviously... Um... He had taken Rangers to a place where many people didn't ever see it was going to be attainable to um, to win the league last season um, in some spectacular fashion. Um, am I gutted? Oh, I think I'm a wee bit, but I think um, obviously bigger picture. Um, his family's down south. Um, I don't think it'd be very easy when he's got a young family having to travel a good four four and a bit hours to see his family uh, ever so often. Um, I don't I know it, if it, it, was, uh, it was almost uh, inevitable that he was going to end up back in England at some point anyway. I think just a lot of people didn't expect it to be so soon, or in in this this nature of going to going now at this point in the season. It was a, t- a timing as well. Obviously, Rangers have a big game. In a week or so's time against Hibs in a semi-final, uh, currently top of the league, albeit not by that many points. Um, still have Europa League potential to qualify from the group. Well, obviously, that's how football works, but um, it's certainly like poor timing. The only good timing about it is the fact that it's an international break, so it ge- it does give Rangers the time to. Find find their next man before their next game, get him in, and he can meet the players that aren't on international duty. It's probably the only good timing of it. I mean, I think for me, I, I think you know, Stephen leaving. I, I I see it in two sides. One, I see it as an opportunistic man who's taken an opportunity at, in a bigger league. I'm not going to say bigger club. In a bigger league, more exposure, more to play with, better quality of players. I see it from that side. What I see on the other side, though, I see a manager, in my opinion, who, okay, he did a very good rebuild at Rangers, turning what was an absolutely dreadful team into a very good team. But is he some sort of messiah? No, I don't think he is. Life will go on. Rangers will go on. They'll get another manager who, if they get the appointment, will do a very good job. 
I would say probably similar to Stephen, because with all due respect, you know, he's, I think he's been vastly overrated in his time um, in Scotland. I think, I think, well, from my perspective, um, although a very good manager, and this is going to, to many listeners, are going to sound bitter, but I don't mean it in the way I'm going to say it, as at times he was rather one-dimensional as a coach. Um, it's very predictable. He's he just played the same way all the time. Um, I think perhaps a new manager with fresh ideas may help rejuvenate um, the team. I would say I agree with Billy in terms of. I wouldn't say in his whole time he was overrated here. No, because no, no, but. In his, fir- in his first two seasons, he took a lot of stick from Rangers fans. There was times in those seasons where they were asking the question about whether he is good enough to be the Rangers manager. Um, I wouldn't say he got lucky last season, but he, 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 won the one, he won the one trophy that really mattered to all the Rangers fans and Rangers as a club. Um, and it kind of it kind of dug him out the dirt a little bit because before then he hadn't there was nothing overly inspiring sort of came from his tenure before that. that obviously the season before um we played nice football and then just shot the bed after um january mm-hmm. um it, it's interesting it's interesting because obviously over uh steven gerrard's tenure um celtic have spent double the money that um they spent sixty six million while Gerard was in charge, and Rangers spent thirty three million. Obviously, we've now seen uh, Rangers' abysmal financial um, numbers. Oh, that yeah, that's where the, the fi- financial numbers show where where Celtic sort of recoup the money that they spend because the their profits from player sales are like immense mm-hmm. in the last few seasons. Um, certainly, um, I do think, regardless of who takes over, um, Rangers will need to sell one or two minimum. I think whoever takes over has got. Um, so, uh, Rangers have rebuilt from, from just, like coming back into league and cycling a couple of managers, and then eventually like settling on Gerrard. And I think, and then they won the league last season. And it's almost like they're sort of in a in a new, different cycle now. So they've got they do they've got a few players that are out of contract in the season, mm-hmm. not looking likely to sign new contracts. Um, and they've got a, they've got some dead weight kicking about. Uh, some players that have been there for a while, and just some players that they've got some good some good talented players, but you can see the likes of them being snapped up in the summer or in January even. Yeah. Um, especially with a manager just going out the door. Uh, it makes it easier for clubs to, to sort of bargain and get players. Uh, for me, I, I think now, you know, people know I'm not a Celtic nor a Rangers fan, so I'm very much in the middle on this. I, I, I think Rangers really could struggle now. Um, you know, you mentioned the financial statistics. Doesn't look great. Um, you know, you've got players, you've got a fairly ageing squad with three or four younger players to kind of complement that. At, at parts, at parts, yeah, it's fairly easy. Um, yeah. You know, 
Gerard obviously has worked with these players for a period of time. He knows exactly who's going to go after in January in the summer. And with Aston Villa, he'll have a budget which will entice Rangers to sell because Rangers will need to sell in order to you know minimise the impact. But I, you know, and I will, I will go on record. And I'll say this: if Rangers don't get the manager appointment right, and they don't get the January window right, Celtic will win the league. Hundred percent. Obviously, um, we're going to speculate, and the bookies' favourite at this moment in time is Giovanni uh, Van Bronckhorst. Um, he is allegedly meant to be arriving in London tomorrow. Um, yeah, I've seen that as well. To get to get um, the deal over the line, I think it could be an interesting appointment. Obviously, he's done quite a good job with Firenord. His record in China um, wasn't overly impressive. I think um, he's one of those ones where it, it's probably a bit more of a gamble than you'd want to go for if you're in Rangers' shoes. Um, well, like well, a manager leaving mid-season, you, you, I wouldn't say you want to go like safe, but like a complete safe bet. But you almost a... you almost do want someone to come in that, that's just going to quickly steady the it, ship. It does pose the um, question though: Do Rangers have the financial acumen to go out and get a top manager? Do they? Well, probably not. So uh, they I... they are they they're stuck sort of relying on ex-SPFL managers. Or sort of like ex-players, club legend sort of stuff. I, I don't think um, any of the current SPFL managers would get anywhere near the Rangers' job. To be honest, no. There's um, n- for me, there's none really. Um, I, I know the talk. The talks are um, obviously Frank Lampard also being interested. Apparently, he's going to get interviewed. But I think the me, issue, the issue that, that would him, be too much of a Gerard style. Yeah, it, would, it, it it goes back. It is too, too much of a step back. It's another. Like he's also like, he, ways. Yeah, well, yeah, he's, he's he's managing the Premier League, but he managed with such a rich club in the Premier League. Yeah, and actually, when he spent when he spent a lot of money with him, he went, he didn't. He was quite poor. I actually think uh, he did. He I, did a lot better actually working with the squad that he was. That he was given, so actually maybe 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 that wouldn't be such a bad thing for Rangers, sort of having to work with what out, you've got. Out of um, out of the obviously names mentioned, I do think Van Bronckhorst is probably the best one, perhaps of a bad bunch. You would say like none of those names on the obviously no, the bookies, no, none of them sort um, of like spark uh, the imagination. Uh, so, Neil Warnock. Uh, I would love it. I think that's... I would love it. What, do you want a man? Do you want, you, so you want a man just to come up to Scotland, play four four two week in week out? I just think that for the banter, draw games, it would be great. Get one nil wins. Um, imagine, stuff. imagine um, having Reno Gattuso with uh, Morelos. Oh, be red. Be red card. <laughs> I think you would. Uh, you would need a, a very expensive bill for the dressing room getting trashed every second week. Um. Yeah, I think time will tell. I think Van Bronckhorst um, obviously seems to be the suited role, a uh, suited manager. Obviously, um, with Feyenoord played. He, he comes in. And he fit, he, he, if he comes in, he fits the system that's been being played. Uh, I almost, do, uh, almost to the letter. I do know his style of play is slightly, ever so slightly different in the sense that the inside forwards are expected to score. 
a lot more than the current um, current two are doing. So, of interest, and obviously he had uh, Bergwijn at the time. Uh, Fire in order to had absolute blinder when he, when they won the league. So, I, mm-hmm. I, I think the thing is, I think whoever the manager is will be lucky in a sense that although it's a highly pressured job. This isn't meant to be disrespectful on the lower end teams of the league, but Rangers can, on occasion, in the same way the Celtic can to an extent against the lower teams, can get away with not being in full gear, top gear, and still win games. So I think that's been a yeah, blessing agree for with that. some managers walking into this job. You know, it's not like you're in. You know, it's not like you're going to a, you know, a Hibs or an Aberdeen. We, you know, even against the lower teams, you need to put your top gear to win the game. Um, you know, I'd say though, I'd say though, he's, whoever comes in, he or she, because obviously, um, they are under an immense amount of pressure. Oh, absolutely. Um, the the pressure on Celtic and Rangers managers to win week in week out is like is ridiculous. If you look, even if you look at a couple of weeks ago, like Celtic won a game and fans are are praising Angie. Um, and then they draw nil nil with Livingston at home, and Foker immediately on his back again. I, d- I do um, think, um, obviously, from the English media, I don't think they put much respect um, to our game. Obviously, they never uh, do, though. They never do. Uh, you, you, I know he's not. You've come, huge... you come to accept that they're not going to put sort of respect on on the name of our game. They just sort of. I know uh, he's not liked by a lot of people, but um, I was listening to Barry Ferguson saying he, when he went down south, he couldn't understand why um, the fans were happy with draws and stuff like that. Whereas if, he, like, if he drew a game of Rangers, like, like it was like a defeat. Is that I suppose it, dep- it depends. T- it depends the team you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Gerard's gone to what is a massive club in terms of history in England. Um, I don't think he'll do they've well. Also, they, they've they've got ambitions to they've got ambitions to push top half of the table, break into the top eight, top six. But to do that, they need to have the right sort of infrastructure behind the scenes of not even just the managers behind that and everything. And I don't know, I don't know how well they're gonna perform. Um, and obviously, like. A lot, a lot of pressure on Steven Gerrard because this move sort of determines where he goes next in his career. Because obviously, I, as the rumours would be, is like a Liverpool club legend. The rumours are that he is, he is the next in line for the Liverpool job. Um, am, but am I, I, but you'd, I'm, ha, you'd have to argue if he does if he does badly at uh, Aston Villa, he won't get in the Liverpool seat. <laughs> No. I'm actually very surprised he took the he took the job in the sense that it's really all or nothing uh, with Aston Villa. Whereas, like, if he goes and gets relegated, that sort of ruins his potential legacy. He's taking a risk. I take it. That's a huge risk. He's taking a risk, and it, it could pay off. It could it could end in three months' time um, if he just loses every game. But I, I think he'll struggle personally. I, I think. He doesn't have that luxury where in the Scottish League where he can maybe get away with a, one or two players not performing. Don't get away with that in the Premier League. Every team can beat every team. No, it, every single week in the Premier League is it, it's 
it's you're playing a very good quality opposition. I know you. I, uh... I know we can sit here and go, "Oh, Norwich are terrible, um, Burnley are terrible, Newcastle are terrible," but at the end of the day, they are they're top top clubs, like week in week out. And even if you are playing like a bottom end team, they're still they're still fighting for something. They're fighting for mm-hmm. for more than a lot of teams in Scotland really fight for a lot of the time. Um, I also I think actually um, I don't I think you guys may agree, may agree with me the bigger loss for Rangers is losing Michael Beale, hundred percent yeah because obviously but he was the sort of mastermind by behind a lot of Rangers success. Obviously, I, I think it's it's well known that he is the man with the plan really. Um, obviously, it'd be interesting to see how he. How he does down south, um, obviously had great success at Sao Paulo, etc. So. Yeah, but very interesting. Uh, it, yeah, it, I just I, I I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Obviously, uh, it, it's international break right now, so we'll see if uh, if Gerard can turn Villa's season around. Uh, next, well. Starting, starting after the international break, see where what he can do. Because he, he does, he's got some very good players at Aston Villa. I actually, um, I know uh, the media has stated that many Rangers players would not get in that Aston Villa team, but there's certainly a few who would help that, who would help bolster that. There's team. a there's a few in there that could be decent squad players. Uh huh. I actually think um, Glenn Kamara would actually be a very good addition to the Aston Villa team. Uh, but obviously, we'll not, we'll not know until um, we'll not know until January, January, and even the summer if he's if Gerard still if he if he does well and he keeps him up and sort of thing. If he's there in the summer as well, if he comes sniffing back around, who knows? He might, he, he, might go, go he might go. He might go. He might go sniffing at Celtic players. You never know. I think he'll probably try to get Goldson for free. I think that'll be one of his first signings. Well, I don't. I, yeah, I, I, I've not thought all season that Goldson's going to sign a new contract. I just don't know whether whether Villa need him. Is the only thing. Yeah, I, I don't think he's that. I don't think he's um, that quality. To be honest, but there you go. I, th- I think I think he you're is. that quality. I'm not. That's why I'm not playing for Aston Villa. <laughs> anyway, I think we're digressing yes. ever so slightly. Um, yeah. But and it, well, it's current news, isn't it? Uh, we will move yeah. on to more more current news. Um, international break, obviously. Scotland requiring a win tonight. It's been gone. It's happened. Um, away to Moldova. Needed a win to secure a playoff place for the World Cup playoffs. And well, we did it. We didn't half make it. Um, a little bit awkward for ourselves. But we did it in the end. Uh, it was a quick start for Scotland tonight, uh, or so we thought. With uh, Shea Adams netting fairly early on, but it was disallowed for offside. Thank you, thank you, thanks to VAR. I think it was a correct decision. Yeah, no, it it was, but you know we can be better. We're allowed to be better. It, it was, it was, it was just offside. Um, that's what VAR is, VAR is there for, to tell us if it's just offside. Um, and then it, it sort of slowed down from Scotland. There, there was a period of Moldova ascension, 
really. Um, where Craig Gordon had to make a, a wonderful save to deny them like fairly early on in the first half. But uh, we got through that, we moved through that, and uh, just before half-time, lovely play down the right-hand side between, I think it was Gilmore, Patterson and McGinn. Um, I think Gilmore plays McGinn and McGinn lays it in, like back into Patterson's path. Takes a nice touch and then unleashes a, a nice wee left-footed shot and the goalkeeper has no chance. It was a lovely finish. It's just, it was just nice play, and we like to see see nice play. Um, that like just you, you like having we link ups, and personally, Nathan Patterson's made a hell of a lot of difference over what Stephen O'Donnell brought to that side. Um, also, like I, I, I've posed the question in the past of. Uh, of calling of or maybe not call, like fight, I'm fine with calling him up but I do there's a just I have, I have a slight issue with playing a player that doesn't get many minutes because it does run the risk of injury a bit yeah, more yeah to be fair you could say that well obviously Liam Cooper's not playing very yeah, much uh-huh. and I actually um, I know this may, may upset uh, long time Stephen O'Donnell fans like Craig um but I would have Ralston and Patterson as the two. They, they the should two be. The team. They should be. They, 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 there's no question about it at this point. Steve Clark, he was probably he was probably right enough earlier in the season when he said that Ralston hadn't played enough. Um, but like, what? What? I mean, he's had a chance in Patterson. Oh, I mean, um, Big Tony. To... Big Tony's had a constant run of games in the Celtic team now. Good games at that is right. He's been one of the most consistent performers in the league so far this season. Um, I just don't see how he can't get called up at this point. But to be fair, it did take absolute ages to get Patterson in the team. So God, Steve, Steve's gonna have a, a connection well. at this point. He may have a may collapse if we try and indicate any more bright young talent to get in the team. And we're Scotland. We don't like bright young no. players. The old guard. That's what we want. What's Kenny Miller do? <laughs> Christ. Where's Chris Boyd um, these days? Oh, don't. <laughs> um, no, but it was nice It was nice to see Nathan Patterson finally get his first goal. And, yep, we went in uh, 1-0 up at half-time. Came out after half-time and we were thinking, get a, quick, get a quick start here. And then maybe we can look at, at getting some tactical bookings for... Players that are one away from a suspension come out after half time. Nathan Patterson starts us off nicely with the tactical bookings. He gets one, uh, gets himself suspended for the Denmark game, but he will be available again for the playoff. Um, bit of a sort of quiet period, a few sort of wayward shots went. Um, and then down that right hand side again, yeah, delightful play between McGinn and Patterson and McGinn. Plays it lovely, lovely through to Patterson, and Patterson just back across the face of goal for Che Adams to finally finish his dinner. Yeah, I, obviously, I actually felt Che Adams had quite a good game tonight, but some of his shooting was not ideal. Um, he did exactly so in the pre in the pre match build up on Sky Sports. He did exactly what they were wanting to do. But by he was taking the ball in, he was playing it out to his runners at Wimbledon and Armstrong, 
it was it was getting into good good sort of goal scoring positions. He just found himself being unlucky. Um, in a lot of moments, where whether being offside or just sort of not having a great touch and just sort of things, but uh, he got the monkey off his back and he scored a goal uh, tonight. Yeah, both our goals I think came through some really nice bit, bits of football, which is something you, we we sort of don't see often where Steve Clark's got inside. I know um, he wasn't part of uh, either goals, but I felt Billy Gilmore again was uh, fantastic. Yeah, maybe a few a few sort of weak moments. Um, to be expected, though. Yeah. Could, H- hadn't played it, a game oh, for a month. He could do with uh, doing the John McGinn training routine and uh, uh, beefing his legs uh, up a bit. Tierney was phenomenal at points as well. I, I, honestly, a lot of the players in there tonight were just like playing out, playing out, playing like that was a playoff game, like it was a cup final sort of thing. Uh, I have to say, I thought Scotland actually looked quite good at points during the game. I, I don't get me wrong, it was wee spells, but yeah. see, for the vast majority of the game, I actually controlled um, the ball nicely, looked for space, yeah, well, and played quite nice stuff. Um, I know it's only yeah, Moldova in their was, bottom. Well, but... yeah, but the pressing and the counter pressing was really pressing was was well, yeah. But the pressing and the counter pressing was really where advanced players could have a bit to work on in that that sense. But Jack Hendry and Liam Cooper were, did really well, sort of pressing together and knowing when to both press the same player, like force them out wide and isolate players. They did really well at that. I think. I think what there is in the squad now is I know to be this is probably very cliched, but there is a, a feel good factor. You know, players are going into the games thinking, actually, you know, we can win this game. We can, you know, even the fans are going in thinking, yeah, we can win this game. And you can just see it rubbing off in the players. You know, they've been a bit more creative, a bit more expansive, you know. Take the Israel game, We've also... for example. You know, goal down, two goals down, you know. team Old Scotland teams would have crumbled. This game tonight would have been a banana skin, but they drew one each or lost 2-1 or something. No, players dug in, one got the result. There is such a feel-good factor now in the squad. I am absolutely pumped for the playoffs. I'm ready. I think I think it also helps that there's a re- a real consistency in the squad. The squads that get called up. Obviously, there's one or two changes here and there, and with injuries and illnesses, you have to. Some people get left out. Um, there's maybe a little bit of dead wood in that in in the squad that could do with not being called up, unless they're getting. A bit more sort of club football, well, not club football, but just a bit more sort of game time and better performances, and just do better when they come on to make their sub sub appearances for Scotland. But um, yeah, uh, and then the man, the man that had been, well, he'd been involved in both the goals. Nathan Patterson did give away uh, a penalty in the last ten minutes. Uh, not to worry though, because it's uh, it's tradition on the twelfth of November for uh, Scotland goalkeepers to save penalties, and uh, Craig Gordon did just that. I think he got his forearm to it. Don't care, yeah. great save. He got, uh, he got he's got he got his forearm to it. Um, the Moldova striker thought he's like, I've got an open net here, I can go tap it in. Not a chance. Kieran Tierney, body on the line, gets his, gets his way himself in the way of that, puts it behind for a corner, and then and then uh, slides into the post. 
luckily it was just uh, well, sort of like... To quote the great man himself, uh, Mr Neil Warnock, you've got to fucking die to get three points and the commitment and determination from Kieran Tierney to just ramroad his way in and just get the ball and put out for a corner. That's what you want to see. You want people to die for the jersey. Not literally, that, that but metaphorically. Want, well, you, you think back to the start of the season, uh, the, the Ange Postacoglu quote, uh, we don't stop, we never stop. We stop at half-time and we stop at the end when we celebrate. Iconic. And that, 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 that's what that's what we saw a lot of it tonight from from Scotland. There was no no sort of hanging around from anyone at any point. Wait. It was always pressing, always always Wait. always Wait. looking for passes. To, um, we used to be the very Reno Gattuso. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes, sometimes maybe, maybe shit. shit. Yeah. Well. I, I think Sorry. as well. I know. I, I probably. I think I was one of the people that kind of laughed at this at the time. But hiring um, Austin McPhee as the set piece coach really does seem to have worked wonders. We're actually trying oh, no. a lot of Don't things say that. Don't say that. Our corners tonight were I know, but, uh, but the first two or three corners didn't go past the first man. Sure but I think the actual into the first man. Let, let me rephrase. Uh, the actual movement and intent is actually more looks to be technical more. We can't help the players putting in a shit ball. We can't, you know, can't help but that. Ever, ever, yeah, everyone does seem to be sort of very, very calculated, out, very worked yeah. out. Yeah, it's it, it's nice to see a planned set piece because. When you're watching Scottish football all the time, it's just chuck the ball into the box and see where it fucking goes. Um, well, exhibit A. Yeah. Wait, here's a second goal last week. We 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 secured a playoff place. Yep. Uh, one game left in the group against Denmark. <laughs> don't really care. I don't. I don't hold out a lot of hope for getting anything against them. Neither, but um, don't care. I guess a sellout Hamden crowd again. It. It should be bouncing, and maybe that can give us sort of bit of an edge. But there, there is uh, seven players on bookings that need to that we need to sort of protect for the playoffs. Yep. Not all of them are necessary to protect. Um, like Stephen O'Donnell, you can get fucking booked if he wants. I don't give a fuck. Um, but but we we can't really afford to lose players like Gilmore McGinn, uh, Adams. Uh, the less goes. I would be incredibly, incredibly surprised if, given the circumstances, any of the players did get stupidly booked. I'd be really, really surprised and no, disappointed. It, it, it'll, it'll be. A, I reckon we'll see a little bit of rotation in the starting lineup. You might as and well. I think a lot. The, the, I think a lot of them will be will be uh, told. Just, just be careful. Nothing, no, no petulant fouls that just get get your booking. I know it's a silly rule, but just I think we can go and play yeah. without pressure. Give some of the time, you know. I know, obviously, we want to win every game, but give some of the time to the squad players. You know, there's no real need to, you know, we've got a playoff place now. We can not take the foot off the gas, but just you know, relax a bit and just play without any sort of pressure. We've done the hard bit. I don't think I don't think many Scotland fans expect much from the game. Yes, obviously, like the better if we if we win the game, then we're I think we're pretty much guaranteed to be seeded. Um, but then the day, just we've got the playoff place. Just please, please give us the players for the playoff play playoffs rather than rather than having to then then play the sort of bench players. Then I think if you're both happy, we can move on. No, I'm yeah. delighted to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. We'll do we'll do predictions. Uh, I've knocked up 
some predictions, a couple games from the leagues that are on this weekend and on and then the Scotland game. Whenever it is, I've forgotten. Um we'll start off. Air v Partick. Craig has put two 0 to air. Billy. Uh, I don't agree with that. I'm sorry, Craig. Um yeah, unless you have Partick win here, I'm gonna go two one Partick. Um, I'm going to say 1-0 um, air. Well, I'm going to say 2-1 air. I think it's going to be going to be a delicious game. I don't know you people are having. I'll, I'll have whatever you guys are having. Jesus Christ. A bit of hometown spirit, Billy. That's what we're fucking having. <laughs> I'm right? having a dose of realism. <laughs> uh, Inverness, Dunfermline. Craig said 2-0. <sighs> Well, Inverness. I mean, you got to look at it. Dunfermline have appointed Yogi, but he doesn't come into management until Monday. Will they have any sort of motivation? Possibly. I'm going to go score draw 1-1. Billy's going to go, oh, you're copying me, but I also am going to say 1-1. Oh, you're bloody copying me. Well, I've went 3-1 Dunfermline. 3-1 Dunfermline. No, I have fucking not. Because <laughs> <Was it, laughs> I'll definitely have it. have <laughs> I've went three one in for Um Maybe maybe once Yogi's uh, fully in the door, Dunfermline will pick up and avoid relegation. But we'll see. Next up, Morton Kilmarnock. Um, what did I get? Thanked Mister Craig go for? Uh, Craig went for three one. Come Oh my god! He went for a killer win. No, I have to give him two uh, 0 Kelly. Um, I'm going to say 3-1, Kelly. Oh, look at that. It's copying Craig now. Copying Craig. Uh, I've went I've went score draw. I think it'll be slow day at the office for Kilmarnock. Um, next up, we move down the league. We go to Cove Peterhead. Uh, the the to voice. <laughs> um, oh, I don't really know. Um, league 1 is such an absolute bonkers league. To try and make any sort of rational prediction um, is almost impossible. But Cove, with home advantage, are going to win 3-1. Craig said 3-0 to Cove. I'm going to say 2-0. I've also said 2-0 to Cove. Um, next up, Queen's Park Clyde. Um, well, Queen's Park have had a little bit of... Uh, Inconsistent form lately, but Clyde's form have been even worse somehow. So I'm going to say Queen's Park will edge this 2 0. Real edging when it's 2 0, isn't it? Yeah, a kind of close 2 0. Craig, um, Craig, Craig said a real edge and he said 1 0 to Queen's Park. I'm going to say 2 1 <laughs> to Queen's Park. And I said 3 0 to Queen's Park because, you know. Can't predict them to lose. It's illegal. Um, next up, Albion Rovers v Sterling. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, what will I go for? Um, you can see I picked the good games here. I'll go score draw 1-1. One, one. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I say 1-0. One 1-0 one to <laughs> Just 1-0. A home one nil, yes. Yeah, okay. home one nil. Sorry, one nil to Albion. I've said one nil to Sterling. 
Um, Kelty Forfer. Um, oh, top of the table clash. I'm going to go score draw 2 2. That's what I'm going to go for. Excitement. Bill's also not say... watched a lot, of, a lot of this league. No, I've not. <laughs> I'm guessing nil nil. I've just spent what the last game was, uh, which was two all. So, um, nah, Kelty is really good. Craig said four one. I've said five nil. Um, telling you, and finally for us, we have Scotland Denmark. It's the last game. Craig said one nil to Scotland. By the way, <laughs> well, I think Scotland will get one. I I just think Denmark will get two. Um. I don't, think about, yep. I don't think about drubbing. But, um... Um, I'm going to say 3 0 to Denmark. I reckon we're just not going to care. I'm on, I'm on the same page as Billy here. I said 2 1 to Denmark. Um, I'm not fussed if we don't win. I'll probably not even pay full, full attention to it when I'm watching it. Um, unless that sounds bad. <laughs> well, hopefully we, get, hopefully we can get predictions from Matt at some point uh, oh, before Matt's tomorrow enjoying. afternoon. Hope I know Matt's he is enjoying his holiday, but uh, put in your predictions, dickhead. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure. He'd, I'm sure he's conquering Rome as well. So, anyway, I think that that's enough said. Um, but we'll, we will. We will. We'll try. We'll, we will arrange. We'll arrange a permanent date. 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 Permanent day. Every week. To come and do it. Do a wee podcast. Do a wee chat. Whether whether it's two, three, or four, or five of us, I never get five. But whether whether it's just a couple of us or whether it's everyone, we'll put something out every week. I think. Until next time, would you like to say goodbye, Billy? Um. Yeah. Goodbye. Thank you very much uh, to everyone. We are we're, we're back, baby. We're back. Goodbye. Yep. And Jura. Um. Don't know if I can top that um, goodbye, but as always, guys, thanks for listening. Um, always, all have a good week. Take care and God bless. That's my line. Um, <laughs> yep, also a shorter one than usual, but short and sweet, you know. As they say, only ever so slightly. Um, we're two men down, so yep. Thanks for thank you for joining me on this fine evening. I'll let you get on to your your weekends. And uh, we'll see everyone on the other side. Good night and God bless.